Our Father and our God, we bow our hearts before you now, and we pray that you be with us in the midst of the craziness of this world. We pray that you be with us now as we gather together to hear your word preached. And I pray, God, that you do just that. Speak your word to us as we desperately need to hear us, hear it. And I pray that you give us rest. In Christ's name, amen. The coronavirus pandemic has taken over the world and has begun to impact our lives in very significant ways. Some of you are trying to figure out what it means to work from home or to do school from home. For some of you, your work or your schooling has gotten a lot harder. Some of you have been laid off from your jobs. Ed Stetzer predicts that this week someone you know will probably be diagnosed with coronavirus. Next month, someone you know will probably die from it. The coronavirus has and will continue to bring pain and suffering to us and to those we love. And this pain and suffering can easily lead us into the cycle of false worship. Now this cycle comes from Dr. Rod Mays. The cycle of false worship goes like this. A person is struggling or suffering for any reason and they need rest from the pain so they turn to something to find rest. And it could be anything. Cutting, pornography, sex, drinking, eating disorders, video games, movies, our phones, social media, sports, even people. And they find rest from the pain for a little while, but eventually the rest fades and they feel guilty or empty, which leads to more struggling. And the cycle begins again, struggling, false rest, guilt or emptiness. Struggling, false rest, guilt or emptiness. It becomes a cycle that just won't let go of you. Have you ever felt caught in this cycle? Are you caught in it right now? How do you get out? Our passage this morning will give us direction on how to break the cycle. Let's look at it together. Turn with me to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. On a Sabbath, while he, Jesus, was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those with him. And Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts, 
And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is God's holy word that cannot and does not fail. Our passage this morning teaches us that Jesus is the King of rest. And that means two things for us this morning, and these are my two points. First, turn to Jesus for rest, verses 1 through 5. And second, turn to Jesus for restoration, verses 6 through 11. So first point this morning, turn to Jesus for rest, verses 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5 take place on a Sabbath. And since this is the context, it would be helpful to begin with a little background information about the Sabbath. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and he created them to be his temple where he sovereignly rules. We get that from Isaiah 66. And on the seventh day, God rested. And what this means is that he is now enthroned as the cosmic king Creation is finished, and the king sits down on the seventh day to rest and to rule. And God made the seventh day holy. He set it apart from the other days of the week to be a holy day of rest and worship. Then in the book of Exodus, God redeems his people from slavery, and he gives them good commandments so they can live for God. The fourth commandment is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exodus 20 verse 8. This commandment is rooted in the creation account where God rested and set apart the seventh day. The Sabbath commandment gave God's people one full day of rest in seven. It was a full day of rest from a person's work. It was a day set apart for resting and worshiping God. And it is this day, the Sabbath day, that is the context of our passage this morning. So on a Sabbath day, Jesus and his disciples were walking through some grain fields, and the disciples were hungry and grabbed a much-needed snack. They plucked off some of the heads of grain, rubbed them in their hands, and ate them. After eating the heads of grain, some of the Pharisees asked them, Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? The you in their question is plural. The Pharisees were wondering why Jesus and his disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. The Pharisees had created their own list of work that a person was not to do on the Sabbath, and they considered rubbing heads of grain together and eating them as work. And everyone knows it's unlawful to work on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of rest and worship, and yet you and your disciples, Jesus, you guys are working. Why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And Jesus answered them by defending his disciples. The Pharisees accused them of sin, and Jesus silences their accusations. And we too have an enemy, Satan, who is seeking to accuse us day and night of our sin and guilt and shame. 
And oh, how many times do we give him reason to accuse us? How many charges may he justly bring against us before holy God? But if you believe in Jesus, let us praise God that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus Christ defends us before the throne of God. He pleads on your behalf to God, and he silences the accusations of the devil. Oh, may we find rest in the refuge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus defends his disciples by going to Scripture. We've already seen Jesus go to God's Word as the ultimate authority many times in the Gospel of Luke, and he does it here again in his dispute about the Sabbath. And what this means for us is that we cannot know what rest is without Scripture. And so if you're struggling or exhausted or weary or guilty or empty, run to God's Word to find out about the only true source of rest. Jesus goes back to Scripture. Specifically, he goes back to the Old Testament, to 1 Samuel 21, where King David was running for his life from Saul, who was trying to kill him. And David and his men were in desperate need of food. And so he asked the priest for five loaves of bread, or whatever he had. But the priest had no regular bread on hand and had to give him the bread of the presence. The bread of the presence was special bread that was designated only for the priests. And in this passage, the holy bread becomes David's daily bread. But the point is that David has authority over the temple because he is the king. And Jesus is a greater king than King David. And Jesus is the king of the Sabbath. The Pharisees were trying to find rest in their obedience to the law. But they kept adding to the law, which pushed them further and further away from true rest in God. They missed the heart behind the law. They missed the rest in the Sabbath. And because of their man-made laws, they declared themselves the kings of the Sabbath. But Jesus continues his response to the Pharisees, and he says, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. This is an absolutely astounding proclamation. Jesus is referring to himself as the Son of Man. Pastor Jake talked about this a few weeks ago, but a lot has happened since then, so I will give you a brief refresher. The title Son of Man refers back to Daniel chapter 7, where Daniel saw a vision of one like a Son of Man who was presented before God and given everlasting dominion and glory in a kingdom that will never be destroyed. In other words, the Son of Man refers to a king who has all the authority of God. Jesus is saying that he is the all-authoritative king who is the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was established and set apart in creation, and the only one who had the authority to do that was God himself. To quote R.C. Sproul, only the Creator can be the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is claiming to be the Creator. He is claiming to be God. It's almost like he's working for the Department of Redundancy Department as he claims to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus is claiming that the heavens and the earth were created to be his temple where he sovereignly rules. 
When Jesus finished creation, he sat down as king on the seventh day to rest and to rule. In other words, Jesus Christ is the king of rest. And he has worked to break us from the cycle of false worship and give us true rest. King Jesus went to the cross to bear the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin. And the wrath of God that we deserve for our sin is infinitely greater than anything the coronavirus can do to us. The king became a servant and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And as he was about to die, he said, It is finished. It is finished. The wrath of God has been satisfied. And when Jesus had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. The king has finished his work of bearing the wrath of God for our sin. And he is now sitting at the right hand of God the Father as the King of kings and lords of, Lord of lords, resting and ruling. The Sabbath has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, and we now find our rest in him. It is finished. If it is finished in Jesus, why are you wearing yourself out in your cycle of false rest? I want to tell you about a true story about a young lady from an article written by Walt Mueller. During my late childhood and adolescence, I experienced prolonged emotional stress. My parents went through a messy divorce, using us kids as pawns to hurt each other. I was sexually abused, my mother died, my best friend died. For me, these events were overwhelming. At the age of 13, I found that self-injury temporarily relieved the unbearable jumble of feelings. I cut myself in the bathroom where razor blades were handy and I could lock the door. The slicing through flesh never hurt and never occurred to me that it should. The blood brought an odd sense of well-being or strength. Sometimes I rubbed the blood on my face and arms and looked at myself in the mirror. I didn't think how sick I must be. With a safe sense of detachment, I watched myself play with my own flowing blood. The fireball tension was gone, and I was calm. I learned to soothe myself in this way. This may seem like an extreme example. But this is the cycle of false worship. It can start off in small and seemingly insignificant ways, but if you're not careful, it can grow and grow into an addiction to cutting or to porn or to alcohol or even to social media or checking our phones. It can turn into anything really. Because this cycle of false worship is addictive and all-consuming, struggling, false rest, guilt or emptiness, struggling, false rest, guilt, or emptiness. And you will never get out of this cycle until you turn to the only one who can give you rest. And that is Jesus Christ, the King of rest. Turn to him and you will find rest. Run to him and he will give you rest for your soul. There is nothing else 
and no one else that can give you the rest that you need. And he not only gives you rest, but he delivers you from your guilt and your shame. Oh, may we sing with the old hymn, Lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah, what a savior. Jesus Christ is the king of rest. So turn to him for rest and turn to him for restoration. Second point this morning, turn to Jesus for restoration, found in verses 6 through 11. On another Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching. In the synagogue, there was a man listening to Jesus' teaching whose hand was withered. The man had an incurable disease that made his hand paralyzed. In essence, his hand was dead. The scribes and the Pharisees were there watching and listening to Jesus, not so that they could hear his message, but so that they could accuse him of healing on the Sabbath. And this, of course, is their own kings of the Sabbath, man-made rule. Jesus knew what they were thinking, and therefore he told the withered hand man to stand by him. So the man came and stood by Jesus. And with the man standing by him, Jesus asked the Pharisees, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? Here Jesus was getting to the very heart of the Pharisees. The king of the Sabbath wanted them to see that by not helping people on the Sabbath, they were actually hurting them. To quote Philip Ryken, not only was it not wrong to help this man, but it was wrong not to. The Pharisees were so concerned with earning God's favor by their own made-up rules that they missed the heart of the Sabbath. And by missing the heart of the Sabbath, they missed the love of God. To quote 1 John 3:17, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? The Sabbath day is a day of showing mercy toward others. Not to earn God's favor, but because you already have it in Christ. How can you show mercy to someone today? After Jesus asked his question to the Pharisees, he looked around at them all, and they were silent. They had no good answer for him. In fact, they had no answer for him at all. And to prove his point, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, or the man with the paralyzed hand, he said, stretch out your hand. Wait a minute, what? Jesus was asking the man to do what was physically impossible. Jesus is essentially saying, your hand, that your hand that you have right there that you can't move because it's paralyzed, stretch it out to me. And the man stretched out his dead hand and it was restored. Jesus, the King of rest, performed a mighty work on the day of rest. The Sabbath day is a day of rest and mercy and restoration. And the restoration of this man's hand is pointing to a greater restoration. Jesus Christ, the King of rest, has come to restore people like you and me from our sin. 
And this restoration is impossible for us to do on our own. Because on our own, like that man's hand, we are dead. We are dead in our sin. Restoration is only possible by the grace of God. And restoration in Jesus is the only way out of the cycle of false worship. The cycle of struggling, false rest, guilt or emptiness. Struggling, false rest, guilt or emptiness. You will never get out of this cycle until you realize what the greatest need in your struggle is. Your greatest need is not that you need rest from your struggle, although you do. Your greatest need is restoration because you are broken by sin. Trying to find rest from your pain when you need restoration is like taking painkillers to heal a broken leg. Yes, painkillers will momentarily numb the pain, but they will never heal the leg. My friends, you need restoration so that you can find true rest. And Jesus has come to restore his people by taking the wrath of God that we deserve. And he did this so that all who are suffering can find rest. Jesus Christ appeased the wrath of God on the cross so that we can be restored. And the only way that you can be restored is if you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your King? Do you believe that Jesus Christ has come to restore you from your sin? If you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then Jesus has taken your guilt by paying the penalty that you deserve for your sin. Jesus has shed his blood so that you don't have to cut yourself to find relief. Jesus has taken your shame by being publicly crucified naked on the cross so that you don't have to look at pornography to find satisfaction. Jesus died so that even if you die from coronavirus, you will live with him forever. Jesus Christ drank the cup of God's wrath to restore your brokenness. Christ has satisfied the divine wrath of God so that in him you are satisfied. In Christ, you have been declared righteous by God. What was broken has been restored. In Christ, you are no longer withered and dead. You have been made new. In Christ, you are a new creation. In Christ, your ashes have been transformed into beauty. In Christ, the vicious cycle of false worship is broken, and you will find rest for your souls. But beloved Christian, not only that, one day Jesus Christ is going to come back and restore all things. Just as Jesus restored that man's dead and withered hand, one day he will come back to restore a fallen world and a broken humanity. He's going to make all things new. There will be no more coronavirus. There will be no more overflowing hospitals or people losing their jobs or people dying of hunger or social distancing. There will be no more sickness or death or pain or crying. There will be no more suffering or guilt or emptiness or false rest. Because there is a Sabbath rest that is yet to come. And that Sabbath rest is going to look like God's people from every tribe, language, people, and nation gathered together worshiping the King of Rest, Jesus Christ.
And when we're in the presence of our Almighty King, there will only be peace and joy and love. There will only be rest. Because the King of rest will have restored all things. And as we wait for the restoration of all things, struggling and pain and suffering will come. The coronavirus will bring these things. It already has. And you will need rest from your suffering. Jesus is the only one you can turn to to find true rest. And if you turn to him for rest, there is no more guilt or emptiness. It is finished. Jesus breaks the cycle of false worship because true worship is turning to Christ to find rest. True worship is turning to Jesus to find restoration. So let's turn to Jesus today by going to him in prayer. Five minutes in prayer is way more restful than even a two-hour movie. So let's go to him in prayer and let's ask him to break us free from the cycle of false worship. Let's ask him to cause our hearts to rest in him. Let's also turn to Jesus today by going to God's word. Let's turn away from our screens and turn to Christ by reading and meditating and believing the Bible. Jesus Christ is the King of rest. So turn to him for restoration so that you can turn to him for true rest. Pray with me. Oh God, we are in desperate need of your rest. Lord, we are prone to wander. We are prone to seek false rest in the things of this world, even some of the good things that you have given us. We are prone to find false rest in our sin and in our idolatry. Oh Jesus, break us from the cycle of false worship, especially in the midst of the pandemic. Cause us to turn to you in prayer and in your word. Cause us to run to you because we need you for restoration and for rest. Cause our hearts to rest in you, O oh God, as we desperately need you. And I pray that we may live with the eternal Sabbath rest in our hearts and in our minds. That what we are going through now isn't worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Help us and give us rest, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.